With a beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers. With a beer, Avengers. Welcome to the beer cast. Coming from an undisclosed location in Astoria, Queens, I am Captain Porter Brownstout. And my name is Hophead Huck, a.k.a. Pale Male. From an entirely undisclosed location. I'm not going to even tell you that I'm in a location. That's fair. And I am hiding out in my uh, eighth floor bunker, deep, deep, deep in an area of Brooklyn. Uh, This is the Beer Wonder. And this is the Beer Avengers Beer Cast. It's a podcast, but since it's about beer, we call it a a beer cast. We're about to get to our pours because it's really not the beer cast until we're all drinking. Uh, But first, I want to say something about at the end of last week's episode, when I was deep into a 12% Imperial Stout, I said some things about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know people on the internet are very sensitive. So let me just say these things. First of all, I know that Thanos did not actually father the Avengers. That was a a thing that I said that implied that. Now, I know who Thanos is, so no letters about that. Uh, Also, uh, I said there were 100 or 50 movies. I think there are 23, 23 or 24, not counting all the movies that came before that and all the Netflix shows and the, the show that Hophead Huck watched. But uh, there, there are 23, 24. There are those core movies. And uh, and there are probably more than five that I liked. I am glad we cleared that up. Hey, I was being a little hyperbolic. Don't ask me to name the ones that I liked because uh, I, I, I didn't do that much research. But uh, I think there probably were more than five. So well, moving on from that, who's ready to pour their base, beer? So... <laughs> Let's get to the beers. Absolutely. I'll start. Okay. All right. Today, I've got an exciting uh, different style. This is from Grim Brewing in Brooklyn. It's called mm-hmm. Second, and it is a dark, mild ale. There's a lot to be discussed about said ale. Oh, that's a Very beautiful pop open there. And it's beautiful in the glass. You take All a right. Look at oh, this is a gorgeous pour. It, it's a little darker than I think I would have anticipated. Can you hold it up just a little bit higher, Mike, so we can see? There you go. That's beautiful. Yep. Oh, and it's got Very a nice, nice lacy head or yeah. foamy head on the top of it. Probably about a half inch there. But, ooh, that color is just creamy and beautiful. Isn't it? Now, I've got one that I had never seen before. I, I'd, I'd said I wanted to do a single cut soon, and I found a single cut that I'd never seen. It's a, uh, a collaboration between single cut and KCBC, nice. uh, which stands for Kings County Brewing Collective, mm-hmm. Brewery Collective. Brewing, brewery, brewery, I think. Okay, yeah. Brewery, so anyway, yeah. out of Brooklyn, great brewery. Um, and this is, uh, see, the full name of it is Maud Dube Imperial Schwartzbeer. Never seen an Imperial Schwartzbeer. Yeah. Uh, Schwartzbeer basically usually being a black lager, but this is an aged one. Yeah. And... And also, that, that and it has cascara, which are the uh, very unique cherries that grow around coffee, and hemp, thus the dube in the title. Ah, so here's our pour. All right. Oh my goodness. Oh, now that that d- beautiful dark color, and you're already seeing some nice, uh, really silky head that's starting to develop as it goes in there. That one I can barely see through. It almost looks like it's hazy. C- Captain, can you uh, confirm or deny how cl- how clear that beer is? It's uh, no, you're you're you're. It, it is very it's very dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. Uh, it's. I mean, Schwarzbier generally looks very dark, mm-hmm. but I think this is probably a little richer and fuller bodied than you'd see. Thus, the imperial. Yes. So as it should uh, be. But yes. 
All right. Well, rounding it out, since last week was an accidental Queens week, I think, this week it seems to be an accidental Brooklyn week, uh, because I am representing for a brewery local-ish to my undisclosed location, which is Threes Brewing, and Mm. I have got their logical conclusion, which is their take, sort of an American take on an IPA. So let's get this guy open. And there we go. Nice uh, pie glass you have there. Yes, I, I, I try and keep uh, the nerd quality uh, pretty good. Now, this one is definitely hazier. Mm, uh, yeah. And it's got a, a pretty aggressive, it's got a, probably like an inch of head is the way I've poured it. And you definitely cannot see through it. It's got that light gold quality. This is everything I want in my like New England style IPAs. Very good. Threes Brewing, is uh, they do some nice stuff. Didn't we go there a couple of years ago on, was it Labor Day weekend? Yes, we did. And it was packed. It was busy. It was wild. Well, I, I, part of it was, but I felt like that we were in like they had an outdoor area, and then there were an indoor area where it, it was it was a little less active. Yes, they've got a beautiful backyard. Uh, if you if you are if you're hanging around Gowanus, there's also a beautiful crawl to be done between them, Strong Rope, and now Wild East, which is open there. It's a gorgeous. I think we might have mentioned them last week, but um, we did. Yeah, I, th- I think that that same night we did Strong Rope, didn't we? We did. Yep. Yeah. We did Strong Rope and them and something else. And you could uh, you could bookend them with two really great bars, Saint Gabrinus mm-hmm. and Oh, I love Saint Gabrinus. Uh, uh, Mission Dolores on the other side. Oh, I miss them. That's that right. whole family of brewery. Oh, your mission Dolores is, is gone or, or you just miss them because you haven't been able to go. I just miss them because I haven't been able to go. I love that place. Yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah, they are open. Mm-hmm. I like them. Uh, bar great. Harry isn't Al farm them as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I read that, that wild East had right before everything shut down. Wild East was about to open their tap room. Weren't they? Yes. So they, they were just getting ready to do it before everything shut down. I know that they're doing delivery and I'm seeing a little bit of distribution from them right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, it was, I think like them and Torch and Crown were some of the ones that we had been really getting excited for, or at least I was getting excited for. Yeah. Um, so once this is all done, I'll be eager to, to check those out. Hopefully with the entire Beer Avengers crew, of course. <laughs> now the, uh, the, the one you got, uh, the, you said it's a, is it, do they, you said an American take on an IPA or do they literally call it an APA? So they, they're, they're calling it an American IPA is sort of the okay. way that they're, that they're describing it. And, and based on the sort of description of it, it definitely has a lot of the qualities that, uh, that I would expect a New England IPA to have. I love their flavor description based on the hops that are in there. They describe it as being uh, ripe peach, fluffy wheat, gushers and white minerals and so ultimately i'm living my 90s kid fantasy (laughs) of gushers candy in my beer at this point um but you know it's it's a it's a solid combination of simcoe and mosaics as well as citra so it's going to have everything you expect but i imagine i haven't tried it yet of course uh but a little bit of bite at the end um gentlemen shall we drink let's drink cheers folks let's drink all right Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. This is uh this one is uh, as I said, it's an Imperial Schwartz beer. So I believe I had it when it came out. Yeah, it's the funniest thing. Like I've been checking single cuts website regularly since I, I can walk there from from where I live, and I've been wanting to support them over the course of uh, you know, it, not that I didn't support them before. It's one of those places where it's just far enough away from my apartment mm. and I can and I have no trouble getting their beer anywhere else that it was a real novelty when they first opened it. I went there repeatedly and then I, it became something if I had visitors from somewhere else or if I had a special occasion, like, Oh, you got to see single cut. Oh yeah. 
we talked briefly about that last time. I know my dates were a little bit off. They did indeed open in late 2012 because I remember that some of us all went there for my 45th birthday in yes. 2013. That was a fun day. Um, uh, now know Huck, the captain join it. Huck, I think you joined us a little bit later in the day. Am I remembering that right? Sure. Because no, I mean, because we eventually wound up going down to the Bohemian Hall beer garden and spent some time in my apartment as well. It was sort of a crawl on its own. Oh yeah, which is yeah. we need to do a future show that's entirely about crawls. Oh, and uh, Hophead Huck is is a king of crawl design. I'm very. I've been, I've been crawling since I was forty. Well, since I was forty. But I, th- I also think that we, as yeah. a, as far as like figuring out how to do it and where to go, have perfected it in the sense that crawls get a bad name because mm-hmm. you think of crawls just with, you know, frat guys getting wasted. Right. Um, ours are, we usually, we, we, we were definitely always intoxicated by the end of it, but oh, sure. it's a little, it, we, it's, it's in narrowing the scope of it, uh, figuring out how far to walk in between each one. Um, and, uh. Yeah, I know. I know. We mentioned that single cut uh, was uh, that they were the first beer. Well, they say here's the thing: they said they were the first brewery in Queens since Prohibition. Now, Rockaway Brewing contests that, mm-hmm. but I don't know exactly. Uh, Rockaway Brewing is is a uh, in Rockaway is is in Far Queens, although they have a tasting room in uh, Long Island City, uh, and some some it was explained to me once. And the details were were are, are yeah. hazy in well, memory. But, I do uh, know a little bit about them uh, from oh, my, yeah. from my Clark Kent job in the beer industry. Is that uh, they they were homebrewers who were sort of bouncing around, and they found their first location in that Long Island City area. So they still do brew there, and they actually have a really cool bottling machine or canning machine that is in there. That they they don't have much space, so they go out onto the street. So they open up okay. their big doors and they go out there, uh, and now they have finally return to their outpost in the Rockaways. So it was sort of like we were homebrewing in the Rockaways and we don't really have a spot for it. Then they moved to Long Island City and then they've gone back to the Rockaways. So it's Although both of those places forward. are technically Queens. That is, oh so no, there's they're, no they're argument. Brewing, if they were brewing in the Rockaways yeah. before Single Cut, they were the first one in Queens. But I'm, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not really sure on the, on their timeline. Yeah. Uh, they're both wonderful breweries. Oh, Aces. Yes. Um, and, and uh, I don't, I know that Rockaway has a cat. For those of you who like uh-huh. to check out your brewery cats. Yes, that's true. So I didn't see it when I was there recently. I, I, went, I went there a few weeks ago uh, when I was doing my own little uh, crawl of sorts where I went to uh, Rockaway and I went to um, Fifth Hammer. Ooh. Um, both of those. Uh, and they did, they were doing a whole barrels outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a few barrels outside and a little, little bit of street seating. And it was like three o'clock in the afternoon, a weekday. So it was, it was fun. That sounds great. <laughs> Now yeah. tell us about the Maud Dube. Yes, please. Maud Dube. Okay, so this now I feel I, I mentioned the cherries and the uh, and the the what was the oh the hemp. Mm. Uh, but I'm I guess I feel like I should read their description on their website. Uh, Maud Dube Imperial Schwartz beer with cascara and hemp, lagered for almost two months in our horizontal lager tanks. MD is an intensely roasty, chocolatey, crisp, and super dry traditional dark lager. Mm. albeit with a Queens slash Brooklyn twist. Nice. For the last month, this beer has sat on some elusive Gold Mountain Cascara, the super tasty and unique cherry that grows around coffee beans, imparting the gentlest of complex coffee berry, just on coffee slash berry, I should say, just on the finish of this very classic but rich and robust beer. We then consulted the weed priests who demanded we add hemp. <laughs> we complied. They knew. <laughs> As it should so, be. Uh, 
that is the mod dude. I think it's really, really is nice. Uh, I'm, I don't, I, I will honestly can say I, I can't identify the flavor of hemp off the top of my head. Uh, Cascara is uh, not an easy one either. No, but, but I, Cascara, but it definitely, there's a cherry note to it that I definitely taste there. Oh, okay. Um, and like I said, it's, uh, it's Imperial. Uh, so it's got a, got, it is a 7.4 ABV. Oh, so okay. uh, kind of a low, very high ABV for uh, Schwartz beer, but a low ABV for an Imperial. Um, and like I said, it's, 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 it's got a light bodied for that style. Um, and I'm, I'm remembering something that I wanted to, to bring up. I think most people who might be listening to this know these abbreviations, mm. but you used one that I didn't know last week. So I think we should probably make sure that we, that we, uh, ABV is alcohol by volume. Yes. Uh, beer is, it's sort of, it, it, if you took proof the way they have it for hard liquor and just cut it in half, it's just the exact percentage of the amount of like hundred, hundred proof whiskey is 50% alcohol. If this says it's 7.4%, that's 7.4% alcohol by volume. And and the one you used that I hadn't heard of was, uh, I think it was SRM? Yes, the SRM, standard reference method. So this is uh, this is like a little bit on the beer nerd spectrum, so I'll apologize for that one. But That's all right. Uh, We're all about the nerd. nerd. I rock it out. Um, but uh, So the SRM is the way that when you're giving a standard description of a beer, you describe the color. So the SRM is from 1 to 40 in sort of essentially increasing darkness. So 1 is pretty clear. 40 is your darkest, deepest beer. Technically, the SRM can go past 40. So you could have a beer that's a 43 or a 45, but a human eye cannot tell the difference between that. And so you can get cards that just have the beer spectrum from 1 to 40 with everything sort of uh-huh. divided up. And if you get a technical description of a beer, usually it will give you a range. This beer is somewhere in the 4 to 6 range. This beer is somewhere in the 28 to 31 range um, as to where the brewer thinks the coloration is going to come out. Wow. Okay. I did yep. not know that. Yeah, it's good times. In fact, uh, I bet we can link to uh, an SRM chart in the uh, in our comments in case people want to check it out. I'm happy to send the captain one that I like to show off. I'm curious to see that myself. Yeah. Um, Looking at the darkness of mine. So, you know. I know. And now that was that, that was a I I'm already already forgotten. That's a grim, isn't it? Yes. yes. Now this so, is the, not this is the opposite of an imperial because it is a dark mild. And it's only uh, three point eight. No, I'm sorry, three percent. Three percent. Three percent. So it's almost uh, almost like a non-alcoholic beer, which is but does it, but like is it full flavored? Three percent. It's full flavored. You really get a uh, like a like a old coffee smell on the nose, oh, nice. and and the taste is to. Um, my wife uh, described it as ashtray smelling, but uh, <laughs> it's certainly an acquired taste. It's a bitterness. It's Cider like, girl like loves English, her beers. It's like an English bitter, but it's an mm-hmm. interesting style because it's never done. I mean, in, in American breweries, I'm not never people to do it, but uh, it's basically, it's called Partigal Brewing. Have you heard of this, Ethan? Partigal. Oh. P-A-R-T-I-G-Y-L-E. It's an old English style where you go through uh, your uh, your mash goes through different, uh, uh, I don't even know the right word, uh, different warts from uh, a single mash. So the first run for Grimm was an imperial stout. 
And so they used the 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 mash again, and that's why it's Ooh. called seconds. Because it's ah, the second that's probably oil. why the flavor is so so oh, uh, notable. It sounds like it's yeah. like olive oils, right? There's like a first press, a second press, a third press. Yeah, exactly. And I guess in old in old brewing techniques, especially in England, they would do this as on a regular basis to save money because malts were expensive. And mm -hmm. today, you know, especially with American brewing, they just throw it out and start with a new malt. You know, right. right. But it's interesting I'm, I'm, because no one, no, not not many breweries will actually make something like this. And I, I think it's cool that Grimm really. That's sort of their their mo is to try different styles. And I, I like yeah. that. I'm always impressed by someone who can make a three or four percent that's really full flavored. Yeah. Uh, and and I always am impressed with someone who can make a twelve percent that doesn't take boo taste boozy. That's that's the very smooth that that's goes it. down. You know, if you if you have it like a twelve percenter and it and your immediate thought is, oh, this could be dangerous because you're not really you're you're not clicking that part of your brain that says. I need to go slow on this. <laughs> so with the Schwartz beer okay. and the dark mild, we're going for the uh, American outliers, as it were, the outlier styles who aren't, that aren't super popular. But uh, Ethan is on the nose with his uh, his. Oh, choice. yeah. I'm, I'm living my best IPA life right now, everybody. <laughs> and, and, I mean, and I mean, it's if it, it, I'm just holding it up so we can all take a look. But that is a hazy, hazy beer right there. I'm it is. Yeah, I can't see through it. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's real juicy. Uh, it's kind of orangey. It's pretty light on our it would be probably in the like speaking of SRMs, I guess it'd be like in the maybe six to eight category. It's a little bit higher, sort of low on that color, but it's got that golden color. Um, and on the nose, it I mean, it's sweet all over the place. It definitely has a nice sweetness, a really floral sweetness to it. And when they say gushers on the on the flavorings, they're not wrong. It does kind of taste like that explosion of fruit that's happening. Interesting. What's interesting to me, though, is, I don't know, uh, speaking of hop head huck here, because, you know, you like your hops, especially starting off. There's that feeling of drying that I get in my mouth sometimes when I have a really like a hop forward beer where it almost feels like my mouth is almost dried out or a little bit huh. like, acidic. Um, and I'm thinking about like for if I was having an all day IPA or something that's, uh, you know, Founders, which is one of my favorites, um, I get this drying. This one has none of that. It's really kind of light bodied. Um, it's almost a little bit watery, especially for something that's this hazy for me. But it is very fruity and then has the just the slightest amount of bite and bitter at the very end. Okay. So it's a it's a it's a full experience, but mostly like a gusher explodes in my mouth and then turns bitter as it goes down my throat. That's sort of the. The best way I so can it's take doing it. a lot of things at once. It's it's an experience. I've, I've had the logical conclusion before, and I I think that uh, it's become their flagship IPA mm -hmm. for sure. Just because of the quality of it, it's just really it's really solid. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a super heavy one. It's not a session. It's just right there in the in the sweet spot. And I think it's like yeah. almost like the wrench for industrial arts, mm -hmm. or uh, 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 what's another one. Uh, like uh, I don't know, like Green City for other habits, just like their solid mm -hmm. IPA for yeah. threes. Yeah, and it's a seven percenter, so it's it's a it's a it's a big kid, but you know it does it does its job. Yeah, I remember liking it quite a bit. Yeah, it's a good one. I uh, yeah. When when was it that the three of us were at Grim? We were there. It was it was a little oh, beer wonder. We, you and we I started. Grim, all right. And like in the uh, afternoon, we did. So we we had, and Huck joined us like true, like two breweries in, as, yes. as I recall. So we had started. So we were on one of the the famous beer Avengers crawls, and uh, and we had started, and we were at uh, an excellent bar. The name is now escaping me, but they do. Yeah, they're they're about barbecue kind of. Yep. Or like, 
was arrogant swine arrogant swine that's it oh yeah and this is like in east williamsburg um and we had had just a terrific night there and had had our barbecue and our our poor bartender was having just a just a rough day. I feel like yeah. is the best way to describe it. The poor guy was just having such a rough day and he was struggling with our orders and he, he'd missed something. And so he very kindly, I believe gave the captain uh, a, a beer. Yes. In addition to what we had ordered as well that as sounds right. me. And then I, and then there was also a bar fly that we shouldn't have started talking to, which is correct. Kind of how it works with bar flies mm-hmm. uh, who at some point bought a shot. Yes. So we, we really stayed there much longer than you ordinarily do in a crawl. Yes. A crawl is about pacing yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, we crawled over to one of my all time favorite Brooklyn breweries. Um, I'm excited to try and get some of their stuff for a future one of these shows, but Innerborough Brewing Company. Innerborough, I thought that was the yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, which does not only the, uh, does incredible brewing, but they also have a vacuum distiller in there. So they'll do yeah. really interesting flavor profiles that they'll put into their beers. They also do amazing canned cocktails. And yeah, um, yeah. They I, have, do, I have one in the fridge. Which one do you have? Do you, know, uh, you remember? I think a gin and tonic style. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, but they do flights. They do awesome flights there yeah, and i yeah. believe between the two of us captain i think we actually tried the entire <laughs> we very we very i mean i had a great time at grim it, it's the uh, it's a little uh, my memory of it's a little bit spotty so i have to go back there sometime uh, when i can well we may have to ask cophead huck what he remembers from Grimm. well i went to yeah. join you guys at interboro that's right and unfortunately it was the weekend and the l train i don't know if people live in the city but the l was was running every 20 minutes and I had yeah, just yeah. missed it. So I sat, and I was at 8th Avenue where the train is there waiting. And I just sat on that train for 20 minutes. And then it went to, to Brooklyn. So it took me over an hour to get where you guys were. And mm. so by the time I arrived, you guys were, were not fully in your cups, but uh, you were having a good time. And then we went over to Grimm. And we went to, we went to Grimm and Ethan was, uh, oops, I mean, uh, uh, we had another one. Beer Wonder, Beer Wonder yeah, was going, uh, he was saying, uh, I don't like sours. Let's try them all. <laughs> <laughs> and he that, lined that, up, that, that, he lined up four out fours of every sour. <laughs> yeah. And every one you tried, you're like, nope, no, nope, let's try the next one. No. <laughs> I feel like we may just need to do a sour episode just so that I can try and find a few that redeem themselves for me. Now we've talked about the beers. We've talked about the breweries. One thing I realized we have not talked about is the price point. Mm. Um, this one is actually a little higher than I, it's probably out the most I've ever paid for a single cut uh, beer. It was uh, it was eight forty nine for, I mean, and it is, it is a tall boy. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, not. It's, it, and it's worth it. You know, we were talking about the one, one I had from a uh, single cut, you know, they're often $20 for a four pack, sometimes 16 for a four pack. This is a little pricier, um, and it's very worth it. But you didn't buy it at the brewery. No, I got it at a story of beer and cheese. I, that's that's the strange thing. Like I said, I've been I've been looking up their website and going there a lot more. Le- that's right, because we were talking about how I go there mostly when people are in town, like when my dad's in town. If I have a friend who's never been to the neighborhood before, uh, like a visitor, like oh, this is this is a special little thing that we do. Um, and, but in pandemic times. I have been regularly looking at their website so I can support them and go there. And I've gone there several times, but this is, I have not seen that on their, on their website. I think they might've come out with it sometime last year. I think it came out in February. 
Okay, February. All right. Because I but remember, yeah, I remember having it at a bar at Milk and Hops, actually, there, uh, which is mm-hmm. a sister uh, bar to uh, it is, yeah. and Cheese. I th- I think I had it there. I remember yeah. I wanted it because it was a. Uh, I'm into the loggers, so I wanted to get a hold of that one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad it's holding up. That's nice. Can you hold that one up again? I just want to take a peek at it one more time. That's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's in that Astoria beer and cheese cup. It's just so dark. Yes. It's just so dark it is. that I, I just, it, it, it's just very exciting. And especially, and you said for eight dollars, something that is that rich and deep and full flavor seems like it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I, I did a search on beer menus, uh, and there's not a lot of places that have it, uh, but it's not. And there were some that were a little bit less. There was some place way out on Long Island, like Islip, mm. that had it for maybe six. But for the most part, it's commensurate. Well, I mean, so what, what was the price point on your beer? I mean, I know you. So, so Hop Head Hawk, for those of you who, who have not met this this titan of beer, uh, is, uh, is 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 has the cookups to get all sorts of amazing things. So, so what were you paying for the can on this one? Well, I went to the brewery, so that's where your best price point is going to be. If you go to Graham or you go to Innerborough, if you go to a right. store, there's going to be an an, an uptick. And then, especially if you go to a bar now, that when the bars are selling to-go beers, they really raise the price. But mm-hmm. uh, if you go st- straight to the brewery, that's the where you get your best price, and that's, that's what true. I did. I think they, I think they were probably it was like sixteen for a four pack. Well, that's they're solid. not much more. They actually have them here at the Whole Foods, and they're they're a little bit more, maybe eighteen. But uh, you know, it's not. It's it's not the the popular styles like you said with the with the IPAs they they tend to be uh, twenty to twenty four for yeah. a four pack and that's at the brewery so anytime you buy it at a at a bottle shop or a grocery store it's gonna be it's gonna cost more yeah and sure. mine mine did come from a bottle shop um, I've got a great little uh, local grocery store that has an amazing beer selection here in uh, in my secret layer um, and uh, so this one was a little under seven dollars. Um, you know, okay. which, which is not a terrible, it's what I would pay at a bar probably if I was getting right. that beer. Um, and so, uh, especially now that we're not spending much time in bars, yeah, you know, it's a good way to continue to support our local breweries. Well, I had, a, I had a plan today to go to a place called Harlem hops, mm. uh, which is a, a, a beer bar. And what they do is they actually go and they find very rare beers. They get like the really the really hot stuff like equilibrium and uh, they get a lot of brick city and they get uh, uh, a lot of other half. And I know they upsell, but I was like, well, convenient to where I am. <laughs> I could go there and buy a $9 can, you know, for the podcast. But of course uh, they were closed on Mondays, <laughs> which always happens to me. I always want to buy things in the morning or on a Monday <laughs> and everyone else is like, uh, yeah, we're still sleeping. Yeah, I, I know. I know some bottle shops put it up a little bit. I find generally that a story of beer and cheese doesn't. Uh, that's another reason why I don't often go to single cut directly, mm. is because I find at least at least with the draft, and I think probably with the cans as well. Um, do you guys remember when single cut started doing cans? Because they they were now it seems like every time a new brewery starts, they want to do cans almost right away. But yeah. single cut resisted it for a while. Yeah. I uh, when they first started canning, I don't recall. I don't recall, uh, but, but uh, it was definitely two or three years after they started the brewery. Right. But yeah, I definitely find that when I'd be there in the tasting room that the, uh, but, you know, because the, they, they're just a few blocks away from a story of beer and cheese. And I would find that the draft prices at both places were pretty much the same. 
There you go. Yeah, it's uh, breweries have tend to have different business plans, and some want to get real big, real fast. Yeah, like say like Lord Hobo, which just like yep blew up huge. Uh, they got a lot of investment and just got really, really big. And thusly, they get a lot of they get a lot of flack, right. you know, for being too big. Right. But others like uh, a good example is like District ninety six. You had mm-hmm. any of theirs? Mm-hmm. They for they much like single cut. They were good uh, for a good three years didn't can yeah and worked it out and got a reputation and slowly uh worked into canning and now they're doing two three beers a week and they're selling them out so their plan was was very sharp single cut also has now a second outlet uh just upstate because they bought schmaltz yeah that's right yeah single cut north and i can't think of the name of the yeah single cut north but it was originally the brewery that was owned by Schmaltz. And so Schmaltz is still existing They're They've gone back to being a contract brewer, Okay, uh, but their brewery is now run by single cut. And there's maybe Schmaltz contracts part of that area as well. But uh, it's a little, they've, they've grown, they grew too big for uh, 1933, 37th street, which and the last little bit of trivia here, because we talked about it. They claim to be the f- first Queens brewery since prohibition. Mm-hmm. 1933 is the year that prohibition was repealed. Yes. Which yeah. I don't think they actually knew until they bought it. But once they realized that, well, of course they ran with it. Naturally. And uh, one of their first beers they, uh, they ever made was their 1933 ale. Very good. I know all about um, repeal day because I, d- I had a job once where I was uh, – Dry, uh, going around town uh, dressed as like 1920s uh, uh, gangsters and telling people to buy doers for a field day. <laughs> I've had gigs like that. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I hope someone bought you a doers in the process. Hey, a pal. Happy repeal day. Like we would just randomly grab people on the street. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, I know, I know we, uh, we did say that we were going to tell origin stories uh, to recap a little from last week. Um, we are, when we when it, when we decided on the name the Beer Avengers, we noticed how many things that fit the various superhero myths that also fit with us. Fighting crime not being one of them, <laughs> uh, but one of them is that everyone who likes beer or loves beer or has any kind of relationship with with beer uh, has some sort of backstory for how they got to where they are, which is similar to something that is commonly referred to in the superhero films as the origin story. You know. Um, I didn't become Captain Porter Brownstout because I was a child and my parents got murdered by a robber outside the opera. <laughs> um, I, I didn't go to a, to a lab and have myself exposed to gamma rays. Uh, instead, I started, I guess it was, uh, well, for I think the statute of limitations is over, but let's just say it started at 19 because uh, where, where I was living in Ohio, uh, 19 was the legal age for beer. Um, not long after that, they upped it to 21, but I got grandfathered in. So from the age of 19 on, I was legal. Are you kidding me with that? that? Oh, you, you didn't know about that? Wow. What it wasn't it? You, you, because you grew up in Massachusetts, right? It was 21. It was from 21. The I went to Vermont when I was 18, when it was still, yeah. and I drank at a bar one time, but that was, that was it. Yeah. I mean, and, and I would say the, the first experiences I had were the most garbage beer. Uh, because the and it's amazing that I kept drinking beer after drinking that uh, because it was uh, it was just some you, you just you just everyone convinced you get used to it you get the buzz on so it was stop drinking stuff like Milwaukee's best 
which is the most ironic name ever. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a city that's known for like the beer capital uh, of of the country, and and they have like the the prime examples. And this is the worst swill, and they call it Milwaukee's best. It, it's almost like a joke. Um, but there was that. There was Meisterbrow. Mm. Um, there was oh hams. I remember seeing one. The, the and then then a little later it was like Keystone. Keystone. You know, all these, yeah. these, these various things. Uh, but the first beer I had on a regular basis that I, I was a little bit above those that I liked was Killian's Red on Draft. Nice. There was a a bar near where I worked in downtown Dayton, Ohio, called TB Hopkins. Uh, and then on the bar they would have ruffles with ranch dressing and uh, and they had Killian's red on draft and I, I liked the it you know I'm probably if I had it now I would I might still enjoy it but I uh, <laughs> it was it's it's it, it was just it was just good enough um and, and it was it was a cut above everything else I'd been drinking and that's what I, that's that's when I started drinking that for a while and I think that's when I first started to have my thing for draft beer uh, I've always preferred draft beer. It's funny in the doing this podcast in these times, we're pretty much limited unless we're doing something from a growler that we're drinking cans and bottles. Right. But draft is always my first choice. When I go to a bottle shop, if they have anything good on draft, I will always pick the draft over what they have in the cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And and that, and that's when it started. Now over the next several years, so that would that would have been like mm, the late eighties, early nineties, and it was still. Poor, uh, I mean, not poor, poor, uh, but limited resources. <laughs> and so I drink whatever I could get my hands on. Uh, but it was when I was in Orlando in the mid 90s that I started to drink predominantly imports because where I lived was very near um, uh, an Irish pub called Cato Bryant's. And they had Newcastle Brown on draft. Now, at that point, I think I'd had Bass a few times and I really liked that one a lot. But once I hit Newcastle Brown, I'm like, yeah, this is this this will this is now my first choice. It became hard to find for a while, but then, uh, but yeah, that that was that was uh, that, that, my top two were always, and usually I had to go for number two because Bass was everywhere, um, but uh, Newcastle Brown was my number one, and uh, and you really could not find any good American beer. There was no good American beer. Yeah. I remember early on. I mean, I would have Michelob Dark. It was funny that I was still always drawn to the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't even a Heineken dark for a while that I really liked. Uh, but there was a Renaissance festival I worked at uh, in the mid nineties. Then their sponsor was Michelob dark. So that was always the beer I had there. Uh, but that, that Kate O'Brien's and the, and the, the Newcastle Brown, that was, that was the beautiful thing. Um, moved to New York in the late nineties. And the first thing now, do you guys know, I mean, uh, beer wonder. I think, given your your uh, things you've been exploring, mm-hmm. you might actually know the answer to this one. When oh, was the term craft beer coined? Mm. That is a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I, I uh, feel like I think I, Sam Adams was the the first. They they claim the first. Yeah, they claim to be the first, but I don't know when when they were actually calling it that because yeah. the first thing that I would retroactively identify as a craft beer that I had when I moved to New York City was I went to a C-Town, which is now a Staples, uh, in my neighborhood, <laughs> uh, same neighborhood then as it is now, and I got a six-pack of Brooklyn Brown. And that was yummy, delicious. Uh, again, not one I would see a lot, but there were definitely a few bars I saw Brooklyn Brown at. 
Um, and so that was one of my go-tos. And, 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 and so over the next several years, still not a lot of great stuff going on with American beer. Uh, but in 2000, now it must have been 2009 or 2010, maybe even before that. But my first trip to the Pony Bar. I know we talked a lot about the Pony Bar last week. So what I did was I went on to Untapped and I looked up my my beers and I also looked up my Pony List. Uh, did we did we talk at all about the Pony List last week? We Not mentioned the shirts, but we didn't really talk about the list. Right, but we mentioned the shirts were there. There there how many unique pours you'd had, right? Correct. Yes. And and so in order to log that, you had to come up with a list. When you first went to the Pony Bar, you would ask them. They they kept them behind the bar. They had them in a sort of a filing cabinet kind of a thing. Uh, and you'd go and you'd say your name or I think you'd have, they give you a card with a number on it yep. and they'd bring your, your list and you'd, you'd fill out what beers you had then. And then you give them back. And then they, they went to another thing where it was never a hard copy where they would, I guess, shred it or throw it away, but, but they'd scan it. So yep. it wasn't taking up so much space. Um, and so that's how you were, and, and, and when they went through various iterations, but basically you could go there and you'd record, it was mostly in the honor system, yeah. uh, recording the beers that you would have. Um, so I'm pretty sure my first visit to the Pony Bar was in late 2010. And my first time, my first recorded Pony Bar beer was in January of 2011. Oh, wow. Well, I actually just punched uh, up my list. Mine says uh, August 20th, 2012. I had a second okay. bite, first I, bite. Well, we did talk uh, a while about uh, it took took me a while for you to, con- to convince you that this is the place we should go hang out. Sure did. Yes. <laughs> That'll be more of uh, your origin story. Your origin story. I, uh, I, but, we'll, but that's a little teaser for that. Um, but yeah, the, the I can't tell you which one I had first. I had to reorganize the entire list. I literally have an Excel spreadsheet that I printed out. <laughs> uh, the, the Captain's Incredible Excel spreadsheet is is a thing of wonder, I'll be honest. And and But I hadn't updated it in a long time. So s- since the time we recorded this last week, I went on, on Untapped, which is an app we will ha- need to talk about in greater length another one. But yes. something where you record your beers at all bars. So I'd stopped adding to the list because I figured, well, I'll do it on Untapped and then update later. I hadn't done it since, I'm going to say, in, in a couple of years, actually. But I was able to look up everything I had on there. So between January 25th, 2011 and June 20th, 2019, I had 571 unique beers there. Wow. Um, Half of them, I think, are in the first two years of that, <laughs> because uh, because those are the other big numbers that I looked at. We got the hundredth beer where I got the shirt I was wearing last week. Uh, five months in, that was on uh, uh, June twenty first, twenty eleven. I got the hoodie that we were talking about for four hundred and twenty beers. That was in January of two thousand fourteen, mm. um, and but that was really where I I, I still really liked brown beers. But that's when I first started doing the Imperial Stouts. In fact, that very one of my very first. You know, I'll look at the very first one that I I still know how to find to this day is the is on the very first time I recorded on June 25th. I had a Brooklyn Brewery black chocolate stout Mm. and I rated it nine. All right. Uh, You have to rate it from nine to ten. And it's funny. There's one here that. Oh, I know. I I didn't remember it when I looked at the list, but now I do remember it. uh, Riverworks. Mm. They had an oatmeal stout that I rated nine. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's when I first started really getting into the stouts and the porters and now mostly favoring the Imperials. And, uh, 
and yeah, that's 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 how I became the uh, the beer drinker I am today. There you go. I actually noticed what? that I have a. They used to have an app, a Pony app, mm-hmm. and you could log your beers in that. But it, and it never worked. No. It didn't work, and it was also very limited because it was always new beers coming in. Right, and the and the new beer. That's what I mean. The beers that you needed to put on there were never on the list. Yeah, so yeah. I, they went back to books. I have a list end. of rescued beers that from the app. So I have a list oh, of yeah. beers from that, in addition to my pony list. So uh, I got a few. It's funny the breweries that that we had at that time are not uh, the breweries that we generally have today. They're pretty cool. That's true. Yeah, although some of them are. Uh, some so of them like, are. Of those- I see the very first day I had one from Boulder, which I, okay, I haven't mm. seen that one in a while. Uh, Brooklyn Lagunitas. I had a cappuccino stout from them. Mm. Oh, yum. I mentioned the Riverworks oatmeal stout. I, the one talked about this last week, although I can't remember the last time I saw this one. Smutty Nose Imperial Stout. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Baltic Thunder by Victory. Victory. Yeah, now Victory was, they were actually pretty good. Yeah. They still are. Still are. Yeah, there's a, there's a place that... Uh, Beer Wonder and I used to go uh, in uh, just right near the Staten Island Ferry. That oh, yeah. is a uh, it's a beer garden. Oh yeah, that is sponsored by Victory. Well, you, we went we went there a few times we went as well. One once, yeah, yep. yeah. It's a solid. The, spot. Uh, so Victory and Six Point and Southern Tier Brewing are all now a conglomerate. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. So I they've become like this this bigger craft brewery uh, uh, company. Mm-hmm. So Pennsylvania, Brooklyn, and Long Island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, I mean, it works for them, and I think all three of them are still making quality beers. It's just they're yeah. not—they're not as cool, man. You know, because they're not. Yeah, I agree. Not as micro. That was the word Glenn used yeah. for Sam Adams back in the day. That's micro right, microbrewery. Yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 I did ask Captain. I did ask our Lord Google um, about where the term craft brewery comes from, and they yes. say it originated in the eighties. Yeah, well, there you go. See, that's what I'm saying. I knew it was a lot yeah. longer ago yeah. than than people give it credit, than people think of it. Because I definitely, I never, I never used the word until around the time I started drinking at the Pony Bar. I was mm-hmm. drinking Boston Lager in 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 '87, '88, uh, for sure. But you didn't call it craft beer. Oh, let's get a let's get a Sam Adams craft beer. Yeah, no, it, but it was the it was the only one of its kind. That's true. Yeah, uh, in fact, he's and he's a little bitter about that, from what I read. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> the guy who runs Sam Adams, he's bitter that he, I mean, it's Jim Cook. Yeah. He was, he was bitter that, that, that places that used to be really happy to have the cash of a Sam Adams now would prefer to have something that no one's ever heard of Well, because beer, beer drinkers are more promiscuous. He can cry in his, in his piles and piles of cash. Well, I know. Yes. I know. He's uh, he also, he's resentful that he even has to make an IPA. <laughs> right. I heard he only drinks Boston lager. And, and and hey, that like I said, he's some people are, are monogamous with their beers. And you know, sometimes uh, you're in a restaurant and there's not a lot of choices. I get a Sam, and I'm like, you know what? It's pretty good. I uh, I'm partial to some of their seasonals. Yeah, I, I still they think they do. Oktoberfest, uh, or they, which I think they've changed a few times names, but I feel it was an Oktoberfest for a while. Then maybe it was mm-hmm. just a called it their fall beer. Uh, yeah, they've had some some really nice ones. Their Cold Snap was another pretty good Cold one. Cold Snap, yeah, I've had that. Yeah, always good. Yeah, the funny thing is whenever they do, uh, I don't know if they're still doing these, but they would do these 12 packs on a theme. Oh, yeah. And that's and I would I would like to get those and like try all the new ones. And it was funny that every one of them, you're buying 12 to get these 10 because everyone would have two Boston Lungs. At least two, yeah. <laughs> 
Which honestly, I mean, always all let's let's not knock it. It's always a solid beer, right? No, I'm I, I, yeah. I'm I, I absolutely agree. It was uh, but it, but it's you're not buying the twelve pack to drink the Boston Lager. Yeah, I remember the the, the Lager anytime. Like I want to see what they're going to do with a uh, with you know with a stout, mm-hmm. or they had a you know talking about Schwartz beers. They had a really good black lager. Yeah, uh, that I have not seen that much of. But but when they were making it, I I really dug it. Well, I mean, if you put in a, if you put in a beer in a bottle, it's like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, whoa, 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 bottles. No, 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 that's not yes. cool. It's got to be a can. Come on. Well, that's that's the new thing as well. Yeah. Uh, because really, it, and it's it, be it, a sixteen ounce can. Exactly, tall boys. It's the cans. I think one of the things that I've heard about is that I was looking this up that that uh, the cans really do preserve the flavor better than the uh, than the bottles. Yeah, part of it's about light. Part of it is about reducing access yeah. to light because even a dark bottle will only knock out about ninety-eight percent. They're also lighter to carry, yep. and uh, they're environmentally better to transport. Although I've never had a, I've never had a, a bottle rupture on me. <laughs> that is right. true. That is true. And have all you guys the- have you guys had this experience with cans rupturing? Oh, yeah. on your way home. Uh, not personally, but I know about it happening. Yeah, happened to me last week. We were bad beer in week or bad week in beer. There we go for you. Well, it was 75% good. Uh, but in fact, because the three remaining beers in the four pack were so good, it made me even more annoyed that that one ruptured. Uh, yeah. Uh, with all the talk we had last week about uh, Evil Twin and Bridge and Tunnel, you guys got me really excited to go there. So I got hopped on the city bike and went out there. Um, and you mentioned about, about uh, Evil Twin having all of their uh, New York centric titles. Yes. Well, now they not only have New York centric titles, but New York in a pandemic uh, <laughs> centric titles. Oh yeah! So the four pack I brought home was a four pack of IPAs called "If You Can Make It Here in a Pandemic, You Can Make It Anywhere." Yeah. <laughs> well, they had another one this week. Was uh, was uh, oh my neighborhood is so nice ever since everybody else moved upstate. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, uh, Evil Twin has the initials ET. So they have one called ET Stayed Home. Yeah, they've done nice. like I think they've done twelve iterations of it. Yeah. Sour ale, yeah. Yeah, there are a couple different sours, right? Oh, you said twelve different sours? Yeah, they every week they put one out. It seems like. Ugh. I think they just put out ET twelve. Yeah, and they uh, and there's and the, the evil waters they're doing are really interesting. The hard mm-hmm. seltzers. Yes, like much I, more I, so I, than, I than, your, yeah. than your shelfy seltzers or. You know, the White Claw gets a lot of uh, flat shelf space. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, but the Evil Water is, is actually pretty good. And this one I, uh, oh, we had, I, we tried one uh, last week uh, when we got together. Mm-hmm. It had that uh, uh, sort of a tropical cocktail vibe to it. It was with tamarind and lime. Now, Huck says we got together. We got together in a park unfolding chairs we did safely socially distanced with masks <laughs> yes safe social distancing yes because yep. we don't want to don't want to violate our three main tenets that's where i'm not going to reiterate if you heard last week you know what sorry <laughs> yes well shall we uh play the theme song we yeah, play yeah. Unless, unless anyone else has any other business they feel uh, they need to mention i'll i uh i'll save my dead pigeon story for next week Perfect. I feel like we've we've solved some of the beer issues of the world in our usual com- conversational way. So, yeah, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It has, as always, and it's always a pleasure being a 
A beer, 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 Avenger, beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers. With a beer, Avengers.